Yeah, all the people in the room, fantastic. Welcome, hello. Um, thanks, John, for leading us. Um, I thought it would be really great if we could start and share just some testimony um, of just some of the good things that God has been doing and is at work um, in your life. That might be really little, um, or that might be really big. Um, you might be at the end of that story, and it might be good. <laughs> um, or you might be in the midst of that story, um, and you just have the hope that it's going to be good, because <laughs> God is good. Um, but can we do that? Can you, can you share? You can do it from where you are, or it might be easier um, to come up. Yeah, thanks, Fatima. Come up. <laughs> It's not about me, um, it's about a situation about a year ago, I was becoming aware of a lot of young people uh, in really serious, difficult situations, health or lifestyle, or, and I can't hold more than three in my brain, so I decided <laughs> to make a list, and I made a list on my phone, and and started praying for them, and then I, I was really encouraged. Um, because I felt there was answer to prayer. It wasn't perfect, <laughs> but there was something. Uh, and it really encouraged me. Um, and then there was one particular lad on that list for whom the situation actually did get worse and lately kind of came to a very difficult period. And um, it was it's a very vulnerable lad and lots of mental health issues and he wanted to go to a foreign country with no plan and he's only 18 completely vulnerable and I just I was horrified and just really prayed for him not even for that long but the situation has now calmed down and it, it just felt Lord, the Lord was really there and it was really really encouraging yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so good. Thank you. Anyone else? Yeah, come up, then we can hear you. <laughs> I think most of you, you know, I think most of you probably know the story. I've told quite a few of you, but some of you may not know. When I was a young child, I was so bad, I was causing so much trouble that my mom said my tongue was the worst part of me because I was saying things that were causing so much trouble. Um, when I came here and I became a Christian, and the first thing I said to God is, God, you can have my tongue, the worst part of me. Now, rarely has a day gone past that I haven't been able to speak to someone about God. The rubbish you give to God, the useless things you give to God, He will take and use it. Even when you look at yourself and you think, I'm not clever enough, I'm I'm not important enough, I'm not high-ranking enough, I don't have enough understanding, think again, what you give to God becomes precious item, even if it is rubbish. Thanks, Christina. 
Anyone else? Thanks, Faith. Um, this isn't really my story, but um, it's a story for someone in our family. Um, my brother-in-law's had um, mouth cancer recently and some really serious surgery, which is very complicating and still complicating his recovery. Um, it was a 12-hour operation. He needed two or three days in ICU. But every time he tried to leave ICU, there was never a bed available or there'd be a health emergency and he'd be back there. So he's now been in ICU for about two or three weeks, but not always because he's needed that level of care, but um, there's always something keeping him there. Um, and his wife, Mike's sister, is a worship leader, so she takes her guitar in every time she visits yeah. him and they worship. He hasn't been able to use his voice. He's had a tracheotomy. She worships over him in the ICU unit and um, increasingly they've got to know all the nurses, the majority <coughs> of whom are Christians. <coughs> so they all join in with the worship and just worshipping in the ICU most days. Um, recently, in the last week or so, he's been moved into a ward and that's been continuing and um, nurses come and visit them in their room because mm. they um, know the sense of worship going on in that room, the sense of God and their Christians, they come and sort of bathe in that and join in the singing and take that out with them. And now um, patients in other wards, uh, in other rooms in that ward are asking for a visit to have someone come and sing with them. And um, Helen just felt to sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow with this one patient and he just said, um, you didn't, I didn't ask for that song, but that song was sung at my, um, both my parents' funerals and it means so much to me. So there's this whole ministry just playing out. Even though John's recovery has been really thwarted, he's had to go back for remedial operations and he's had real infection to deal with. There's all these things happening, but all the time he's there, God is really using it. So I think sometimes we don't always know why we're stuck in a situation, but God can really use that situation. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Thanks, Faye. Anyone else? B and B. It would be very doctor. I'm getting married on Friday. <laughs> and I feel like this whole process around the marriage, like we got engaged in May and we're getting married this Friday, so it's a five month engagement, which is very quick in wedding world. But the whole time I really felt God's presence in every aspect like just the little things like last week we got a tax return <laughs> it's like a tax return we you really get like the check and it's some money that you didn't know you had and it's just like getting that the week before your wedding is really helpful <laughs> and it's just like other things like my parents and my father-in-law Gary or future father-in-law, uh, they've like gone this massive health kick and sorted their lives out in health-wise and uh, like got into this healthy and healthy exercising routine and they said it's going to carry on and, and I said, why did you start? Because of the wedding. We're not going to stop. So I pray they don't stop. And like, we're quite young, so we're 23 and 24, so all of our friends are non-Christian and they're all watching us and they're asking us questions like, why are you getting married young? What, what's... Like, was the point some of them are saying things like oh you, like you've got to check out your finances and all this stuff and it's just like it's just an opportunity to speak to them about why it's important to get married at our age in our belief system and it just it opens those doors so the whole thing has been so smooth sailing so perfect 
the man I'm marrying is amazing. I, I didn't even ask for a nice man, but I got a really good one. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's just it's just got God all over it. Mm. I'm so thankful. That's good. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wonder before I ask if there's anyone else. Um, would somebody just pray for, for Friday, for B and for Josh um, and for their wedding and be like you said, for all the many, many people um, coming who don't know the Lord. Can someone just pray? Thanks. Father, we thank you for B and for Josh. And thank you that you have brought them together and you've brought them together with a plan and uh, a purpose for life together. Father, thank you that they they hear you speaking to them through their love for each other. Father, thank you that you've been in every uh, detail, the large and the small, and the in-between. And Father, we just pray that this week that you would just pour out your blessing and your favour upon them. Uh, that you would be everything that they stand in need of, be with uh, their families, Father, and their friends. And Father, we just ask that on Friday, yes, it will be a great time of celebration, but there will be a real sense in that service of your Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, just, the Holy Spirit just rain down upon that service, that it won't just be... Uh, a wedding ceremony, but it will be an act of worship. And uh, Father, we would pray that the, their faith would just be such a, a witness to their friends and to their family. Father, can we be bold and say we would pray that on Friday there would be people who would give their lives. Mm, yeah. That Josh and Bee's wedding would be forever etched in their heart that was the day they found the love of Jesus. And so Father, just pour out just more and more and more of you upon this family uh, for this week and for the weeks and months to come. Uh, yeah, Father, we thank you for them. And may they know your love and your care. Not just on Friday, but for life ever after. Bless them, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. We've still got time. We can still have more, more story, more testimony, more giving thanks for someone that wants to. Or maybe someone that doesn't want to but thinks they should anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, so before I start proper, um, I'm just going to share a little bit. Um, this week, <coughs> Schools Ministry Billericay are hosting um, over 500 children coming to um, Perry Street um, over two days, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, and they're all coming from Buxbury Junior School and they're coming for a prayer space. Um, so SMB and our wonderful band of volunteers will set up um, different activities and zones 
um, for the children and staff to come in. Um, and it's part of a well-being week that the school do. They'll do lots of activities in school all about well-being and being healthy. Um, and as part of that, they'll come out to visit church and spend some time reflecting and praying. Um, we did it for the first time last year on the invitation of the school um, and then for the second time um, this year. And I just want to share with you, because can I ask you to pray? <laughs> what an amazing, fantastic opportunity. Um, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just incredible. Um, and we are aware of how absolutely blessed we are um, in this town to have those relationships with the schools where they will ask that sort of thing of us. It's not a Church of England school, um, but they're saying, can we, as part of our wellbeing week, can we come and pray with you? Uh, yes, yes, you can, absolutely, definitely. Um, so, church, <laughs> can you pray um, Tuesday and Wednesday just for every single one of those children to know the presence of God um, and the same for all the adults, all the staff and all the, the um, parents that are going to be walking with the children and, and hanging around not quite knowing what to do until they walk them back. Um, for every single one of those people to know in the way that they need to know um, God's presence and maybe to get to know him for the first time. Um, thank you. That's great. Um, okay, so I'd like you to hold um, the word joy in your heads tonight. Um, because we're just going to be thinking just a little bit about um, God's joy tonight. But I'm going to start with a story where I'm grumpy, uh, <laughs> which, um, even though I smile a lot, it does happen more than you'd think. Uh, so a few, a few weeks ago, it was, um, or about 10 days ago, I think, it was our first Tuesday of October, um, and this one was kind of set aside, um, not for a specific prayer into a specific issue, um, but we were going to be seeking God um, and just listening to what he had to say um, and to where he wanted to go. <clears throat> now, I'm all over that. That's wonderful. But it is a Tuesday evening and I do have small children and they are tiring. So I was tired. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, and when I walked in, um, our wonderful pastors, Wayne and Roger, had set the chairs up in a circle. Thanks, Wayne. And um, I was, I'd picked mum up, so we walked in kind of on the dot of eight. So the only spaces left were right in the centre. Thanks, thanks, Wayne. Right in the centre of the circle. <laughs> I was like, right, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> this, is not, this is not my happy place. I, uh, I did not want to be sitting really close to people um, with the lights on and um, nothing in front of me to focus on other than somebody else's face. Um, so, yeah, it was your fault. I was grumpy. All right, thanks. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, kinda, I think I wanted to be in a little corner somewhere, maybe roaming around a bit. Um, but, no, that's where I was. Um, and so, <laughs> as we kind of worshipped, um, and I thought, right, all I can do, I've just literally got to close my eyes because every time I look around, I'm just looking at everybody else, so just close my eyes. And thank the Lord, he is very generous and gracious, isn't he? And he promises that um, if we bring our thanksgiving and our praise to him, then we do enter into his courts. So um, I didn't stay in my grumpiness. I was, <laughs> I was brought by his Holy Spirit um, into his presence. Thank you, God. Um, and as I stood there, but funny enough, every time I opened my eyes, I got grumpy again, so I 
I've just got to stand here, keep my eyes closed, and, and not look at anybody's face, um, and not be mad at Wayne. Um, and so, <laughs> as I was as I was worshiping um, and as I was praying, I I became more and more aware of the presence of God. As you, you know, what I'm talking about it comes in waves sometimes, doesn't it? That that understanding of oh, He's here. Oh, he's really here. Oh, he's with me. Oh, he's not grumpy at me. He loves me. And that kind of, those waves came over me. And um, for the first time in my life, I, I experienced this. I've seen it in other people. Um, I often kind of, I get leaky eyes. It's not crying because I'm not sad, but I get leaky eyes often when the Holy Spirit comes upon me. I'm in his presence in that way. Um, and I was having my leaky eyes. And then um, I started to shake. And actually, that's, that's not happened to me before. And I, I started to become just really, really joyful. Unless I opened my eyes and then I was grumpy. But when I focused on God, <laughs> um, I was so aware of, of his waves of joy coursing through me. Um, and there was, such, there was such power in that. There was such a release of joy. There was such God's power in that. Um, and I was reminded of, um, I was reminded of a few things. And one was a prayer meeting I'd been in earlier on in the year. Um, one of the Love Billericke prayer meetings from so Christians from across the town and um, somebody had prayed in that about God giving us um, new weapons, new ways of praying for our town, new strategies um, and she'd said it's like our weapons are like lightsabers in our hands um, and she said and, and God will give each, each person a different weapon to fight with and to pray with. And um, I kind of instantly knew, God just kind of popped that, that thought into my head, oh, that's joy. For me, that's joy. That lightsaber, that weapon that I fight with is joy. And I was reminded of this on this first Tuesday prayer evening as I was shaking and, um, and, and laughing and trying not, if I'm honest, to laugh out loud because we are still in Billericay and... <laughs> I didn't want to be that person. Um, <laughs> I was reminded of that. Um, and I also was reminded of, um, in Hebrews, where, where we talk about Jesus, and we talk about for the joy set before him. I couldn't remember where it was, so I'm like, you know, flicking around in my Bible, as we do. And then I kind of studied that when I got home at the end. And the last kind of image that was in my head as we were finishing up that, that prayer evening, and again, every time I thought about it, I just couldn't stop laughing about it, was um, when Jesus turns the water into wine. And all I could keep picturing was the faces of the people that w- were receiving this wine and how they were, either if they'd seen the water going in, thinking I'm just going to get water, or if the Jewish custom, they're expecting not to get the good wine and then they're just receiving this wonderful, beautiful wine. I was thinking, how much? would they have been rejoicing? And how much surprise would be on their faces? And then it was just cracking me up all week. So there's something to think about for you. <laughs> but when I, um, when I was reflecting, I was like, it's so refreshing to have that joy top up, that reminder of God's, God's heart and, and his power. And I, I kept thinking about that phrase, surprised by joy, which I think is a book that C.S. Lewis has written that I've um, never read. But I, that's, that's kind of what it was, that um, I was surprised that night by joy, because I think when you've been a Christian for a long time, you forget things, don't you? My first Holy Spirit experience, um, he filled me with, with peace and joy like I've never known before. But then you, li- you walk life, don't you? You live things out. You have struggles, and, and I think you forget. So I was surprised 
by the joy that came from him that night. So if, um, if you want, we can have a little look at Hebrews, um, and then we're going to come to John. So that's Hebrews 12, the verse we're going to look at. And Hebrews 12, verse 2, says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. There we go. Thanks, Martin. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now there's power in that joy, isn't there? What a motivator, what a weapon for the joy that was set before him. And I think, um, I don't know about you, but I think when I've reflected on that verse before, I've tended to think that the joy that was set before Jesus was finally getting off the earth, <laughs> getting through the cross bit, the resurrection bit, and then and going back to be with his father. Um, but actually, when you delve a little deeper into that, that thought, that's not necessarily the heart that Jesus comes to earth with, is it? The, um, the Passion Translation of the Bible, I always find really helpful for just bringing out God's, God's heart, God's love, God's passion behind things. And it puts Hebrews 12 verse 2 like this. It talks about Jesus. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So in the Passion we're pulling out that because Jesus' heart was focused on the joy of knowing that we would be his. That was the joy, not thank goodness I'm busting out of here and (laughs) see you guys later. (laughs) And then there was devotional notes that came with that, and I'm going to read them to you. It says, that joy that was motivating Jesus was the joy of our salvation. He placed before his eyes the bliss that we would forever share together with him, which empowered him to go through his agony. Instead of remaining in heaven's glory with Father, he chose us as the joy set before him. He desires us to the point of laying down his life and he pursues us, seeing what we will be, seeing the end from the beginning. This was the joy that prompted Jesus to become a man. Now, when you put it like that, (laughs) that reveals much more of God's heart, doesn't it? Perhaps you're feeling like you're fighting battles and becoming weary and exhausted. I know I am. (laughs) Try joy. (laughs) Try joy. Perhaps with your eyes fixed on current circumstances, you can't see a good way through. Try joy. A few weeks ago, Wayne introduced our vision Sunday that we feel God is calling us um, to be a church with Jesus 
the heart of everything. Um, and I've been studying the word with the aim of finding God's heart um, in every passage, in every word. Um, and that has been a joy to do, I'll tell you that. Um, and I've been loving, sometimes I like showing you my Bible, don't I? I've been loving John and <laughs> getting a lot out of that. It's all very colour-coded. Um, and in, in John, in these last few passages of, of washing feet and Jesus meeting with his disciples just before the cross, you find so much, he's, he's in those last few moments, he's just pouring out his heart to the disciples. This is what God is saying, this is what God is saying. It's not difficult to find God's heart in those passages, those words from Jesus. So if we look at um, John 14, and I want you to, I'm going to read to you and I want you to listen, please. This school roof coming out. Please listen for the word in. Pick up the word in. I'm not going to read to you. So verse 8. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I don't speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. So where is Jesus? In. In. He is in the Father. That is the position of Jesus. In the Father, hidden together in and then if we can read um, chapter 14, 16 and 17. Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and he will be with you. Okay, so where's the Holy Spirit Where does Jesus say to the Holy Spirit? With us. Brilliant. So Jesus is in the Father. The Holy Spirit is with us, dwelling with us forever. Verse 18 goes on, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. What a promise. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And that whole kind of speaking there that Jesus does, it goes on. And again and again, I've got it highlighted with my little colours, in, in, in. And then Jesus turns it around to us and says, abide, 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 abide. And let's have a look at why. (laughs) So 15, chapter 15, verse 9 to 11. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, do you know what's coming? These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. That my joy may be in you and that my joy, your joy, may be full. That's that's the hope for us, that's the promise that we have, that's the power that he releases in us. 
not just at that moment when we become a Christian, not just at that first filling of the Holy Spirit, but whenever we need, whenever we go to him, whenever we ask for it, whenever we endure. If we were to flip back to Hebrews, and you can do that in your own time, there's a lot of talk there about enduring and persevering and the joy that comes in that. And it so doesn't often look like what we think, does it? It so doesn't often look like resolution of circumstances in the way that we think. But that's joy is a weapon that God releases for us and then for the world. And as I was reflecting, and I don't, I, I don't like to think about the enemy too much, I think that's helpful, we fix our eyes on Jesus. But I was thinking, oh, do you know who hates joy? <laughs> do you know who hates rejoicing? That's the enemy of God. Okay, let's pause there, and I think we're going to sing. Thanks, John. Um, and as you're worshipping, just really encourage you, enter his gates with praise, enter his courts with thanksgiving, seek from him that joy.